Sailing God. Uh, yeah, just a recent post we did on the blog, but it is a bit of a monster one. We we did a full um, full guide to, to living on the med in the sailboat. And we're going to follow it up with a little YouTube series in the off-season mm. um, going through those different questions. So Very good. Uh, yeah, if you guys are looking to get involved in the lifestyle, check it out. I'm, not, that, that, I'm personally that, not looking to get involved, but I'm, yeah. I'm looking to get involved in the in some sound production for yeah, people no, who are sure. interested. I think that oh, ship has that ship has sailed for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we thought we'd um, bring on. Uh, you know, we've got our usual rugby um, analyst Eddie Kingswell, but we thought we'd bring in um, a defector of sorts. Um, yeah, in, interested to hear why. Uh, <laughs> well, just for the eulogy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just here for the eulogy, and then we'll pivot into like um, I don't know, some sports that are really kind of hitting their stride currently. We want to do like a combination of success. I'm ready. I'm ready to jump ship. Unintended <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, again. Yeah, again. <laughs> it's a bottomless well. <laughs> Well, the NBA is about to start, so we're going to touch on that. But first of all, um, let's just talk a bit of rugby union. Now, Australia's well and truly out of the World Cup. Well, they're not out. Not. They're still in. Technically, no. I mean, Fiji could lose to Portugal, could they? They could implode. It's possible, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, it is possible. They're 20-point favourites, but... Yeah. Fiji have been known to implode. I think they'd have to implode seriously, though, wouldn't they? I think that they'd have to be denied a bonus point for us to go through. Yeah, which would mean how many tries or something would they have to score, or they have to? That means that means they have to not score four tries, and they have to not finish within seven points of Portugal. So they'd have to get mm. dusted by Portugal. So a full Fijian implosion. Yeah, like a yeah, exactly. Like one, like I mean, one we've never seen before. Yeah, Portugal could it's just be unlikely. really putting it together, though, right? <laughs> Is there any potential here? The it could, it's true, it could combination. Be play. Maybe they're <laughs> right where it, where he wants them. That's right. Yeah, you know, I feel like um, do you know what I was thinking the other day? What I think we're missing. One of the many things we're missing in Australian rugby union is, um, do you remember that um, John Eels um, shower pick? Excuse me? <laughs> you, know, you know the shower pick. You know the pick of John Eels in the shower? Clear shot of his cock? I'm, I'm looking it up right oh. now. Have you not yeah, seen it? I've not it? heard of this. Not heard or seen it, no. Please. Please that's the problem? <laughs> oh, I think it's one of the problems. That we don't have enough shower cock? They don't, or, who, would you, who would you get to do it? Uh, whoever's got the bushiest bush, I think. Probably um, Tong and Thor. No, you would, nah, that wouldn't work. You don't think, you think he'd be well kept? I don't, I don't think you'd see much, no. Needs to be a yeah, look, tall, yeah. skinny bloke. That's why that they got Eelsy. Yeah. Long John mm. Silver. Yeah, well, that was the marketing campaign <laughs> back then. There. I mean, I'm just, just getting thrown into like Pornhub loops here with um. Well, we need the marketing. We've we got to keep this sport alive somehow, Jordan. <laughs> We're open to any and all ideas. I mean, if you just let it die and just let me say the eulogy, this would be over way quicker. Well, the, I, mean, the, I know we're going to divert the, into into um Johnny last, or picks. One last marketing stunt, if you we if away. we can, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll allow it. Just one more. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, we could be like a phoenix rising from the ashes on the back of this uh, concert. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. There's just, there's just, we need a bit more John Eels about this team. And I mean, <clears> that's the most John Eels I've ever laid eyes on. 
<laughs> yeah, the players, the players used to have a lot of character, huh? It's a bit of a shame. It's a big difference in the interview skills of the new guard, I think. Um, how how so, Eddie? Well, like they, like you, you interviewed John Eels. Mm. He's quite, you know, he's quite a well-spoken bloke. And I had some interesting things to say about the game and, and this team. I think, I'm trying to remember who it was. I think maybe um, Peresi they interviewed last mm. week. And he just looks like he's about to piss himself. Mm. Like he's so scared to be, okay. to be in front of the camera. And it's just like indicative of these guys aren't cooked. They're not ready. Mm. They just look like so like fish out of water. And I think that's, that's part of the problem. Well, and that was always the big thing about rugby union players. I know when I'd watch the game, I'd, I'd obviously, I come from a rugby league family, but we'd watch rugby league interviews and it's pretty rough post game. Um, but then you, yeah. then you flick to premium, like talking about like late nineties, <laughs> early 2000 rugby, when you had like your Elton Flatleys, your Gregans, your Larkhams, your Eels. Uh, and when they would get interviewed, it was like, it felt like a, like a proper debate of sorts. And you could just, right. you could just tell there was like a maturity about it and an investment in the game on a deeper level than just um, uh, like a shallow interview or being really spooked in front of the camera. They, what right. it sounds like, rugby, rugby union sounds like they're taking the wrong page out of the rugby league book, which yeah, is shitting exactly. it in interviews. Well, they yeah. also... yeah, down there picking up, picking up the 19-year-olds from rugby league. Well, exactly, because so they, they, they also used to look like your father as well. Those <laughs> those men you named, they they all looked like like my dad when I would see them on. They the were dads. They yeah. were. They were dads. I my I do specifically though. <laughs> especially, but especially Eddie's dad. Yeah. Um, I do remember we had to do that big Go Elton sign on the on the oval at school. Can't even remember that at at, at Nunji. Ah uh, yes. For the 2003 World Cup, of the course. Johnny Wilkinson kick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that I think that's when I bowed out. I think that's when I defected after he made that that left footed drop kick. But we were still so good. We were in the World Cup. That's that was we were good enough to lose by a drop goal. To go out the yep. back in the in the pool stages this year has been really oh, tough. Yeah, it's dire. No, I mean it is the it it is the death of Australian rugby union. I mean we've done about three or four podcasts on it already. Um, I know. I hope we wouldn't do so many on the death. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it just didn't pan out that way, did it? And no, I, I guess that's no. why we've got I was you. On. That today, I've run out of things. I've run out of things to talk about because every week it's just the same. Like, oh, isn't this cooked? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we were hopeful, but but deep as you called this a, a, a long way out, really, the death of the code. I mean, I, I I like being right, but this is one time I hate to say I told you so. Because it really, Jeez. it's a sport. That, it's a sport. Well, well, we'll we'll find out. Let me just finish my rant, and then we'll get to we'll get to the bottom of how I really feel. <laughs> <laughs> like, as I said, I loved playing rugby union at school. I thought that was that was a great time. And the majority of people I speak to these days who play rugby union but no longer watch it, it's the same the same thing I hear a lot. Most of them are saying they love to play but they hate to watch it. And I, I would push back on that because you, we speak of that 2003 World Cup team. We even talk about the Reds in 2000. And, when did they win? 2011, 2012. Yeah. Like that was good rugby. I remember, go, I remember going to Suncorp Stadium. I used to go to Broncos games around then, and Broncos games were always pretty much sold out. And the energy was palpable. A lot of a lot of bogans yelling and screaming, and it really felt good. And then you go to the rugby games; they generally be much quieter. But then in that red season when they won, it was the same as the Broncos. And you just say, this is, this is good. If you've got a team that's winning, the code's going to succeed. But of course, I, the Queensland Reds haven't been succeeding. Um, I, don't even, I don't even know. I think when I checked out, it was called Super 14 Rugby, maybe. I don't, I don't even know what it's called anymore. Do we even have? Oh, do we even it, play? It, it doesn't exist anymore. It fluctuates. It fluctuates <laughs> each year. This is half the problem. Bring in different teams and buy other teams. It's always a bit tumultuous. I think now they're talking mm. about more Fijian teams. I don't know. It's always in a state of flux. Well, that's the problem. I think the 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 state of flux just it's hard to 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 latch onto anything as a fan, especially if you're looking to get into a new sport. Especially if you juxtapose it to, let's say, the NRL. No. I mean, right? It's, it's fading. It's, it's it's fading, and but the NRL is not in transit. It's not in flux. It's it's extremely solid. It's expanding upon actually. They haven't paid the power uh, it, bill. The power, the power's out at Australian Rugby Union, and it's looking, I believe that 
they're lighting the rooms with candelabras at this point, to be honest. <laughs> Which is a fire hazard. Uh, that the candelabras like are a death knell. <laughs> No, they like that. Those are very expensive chandeliers they've had from France. That's the only way they'll conduct their meetings by candle. Yeah. <laughs> right. And maybe they just need to they need to bring it back to basics and just go go back to electricity, I think, for a while. Like well, they especially can't rugby union. They, they can't afford it anyway. Yeah, I don't or maybe they just go to the dark go into the darkness for a while. I think they need to think about what they've done. And I I, I don't know any like is it I hear people say that it's a grassroots issue or it's a top it's rugby Australia issue. Like what what's I, yeah, where do you root out the poison well, here? Yeah, I think it's been pretty sort of flogged to death at this point that it's 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 a top down issue and, and their insistence mm. on solving the problem by, you know, finding nineteen year old rugby league superstars instead of building a decent uh, national pathway for guys to come up has left us with an absolute deficit in depth an absolute deficit of players and now we're paying the price for 20 years of mismanagement. But it was really disheartening to hear in the fallout of this uh, wipeout in the World Cup, Hamish McLennan coming out and saying he thinks he can still attract some of NRL's top players to the game. Like that's still his, that's still his yes. mentality. Like this is yeah. damaged his ability mm. to attract NRL players. Like he still doesn't get it. But he's still, yeah, it's like a bit of humbling would go a long way in that sense if yeah. he admitted Fault. Uh, yeah, I think that is a bit of the problem. They're not very humble. Mm. Um, mm. I, I know I've talked about this before, but they've they've paid for like advisor, like audits of the of the organisation. They've had advisors come in. The information's always been the same. You need to tear it down, rebuild, and the answer's always been the same. Like, no, we need to pour more money into New South Wales rugby at the exclusion mm. of all else, um, mm. and and nothing's changed. But hopefully, this will be the start of something changing. Maybe. Yeah, one last I one last. It'll be tough. It'll be tough to it'll be tough to kill a code like rugby union with such global mm. appeal. And it's still um, played in all the schools as well. Uh, on, on, like uh, all the private, like private, private schools. Well, for now, yes. Another failure of rugby Australia. Rugby yeah. league might be circling on that as well. Well, I know Padua. Yeah, there's the, some of the other. What's the underneath the GPS? They all played league originally. They went to union, but I think they're transitioning back to league or having a league in another term. Yeah, so okay. there is. You know what? It's it, it, was it Padua? <laughs> yeah. Fucking keep them. At this point, any beggars cannot be choosers, and <laughs> I think you got to cut Padua in on this because. You never know. You never know where the next John Eels shower cop photo is coming from. Obviously, obviously, we've been doing this autopsy for a while in Australia, and it's a little bit, a little bit sad. But from an outsider's perspective, what about the rest of the World Cup, Jordan? Have you been watching any of it? Has it interested you at all? Um, it has not, Eddie. I've not. I've no? the only the only stuff I've been following really is um, the turmoil. Which I'm really, I'm, I'm like a, a moth to the flame when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, um, but honestly, if we were doing well, I probably would have, I would have, I've got, I've got, yeah, exactly. I would have engaged. Like I engaged with the Matildas. I engaged with some straight cricket. If the team, if our teams are doing well, I'll get, I'll get around it. And I've just known that our Australian team has been in flux for such a, such a time that I'm. I always joke that I, I think the code's dead and it's over, but you know, a part of me wants the code to succeed and do well because I've I've seen it at its at its full flight and it's glorious. It's, it's just a shame that it um crazy, yeah it goes this way. Crazy to think that uh, women's soccer would um be more engaging than Australian rugby union at some point. It, it yeah, it comes down to, it comes down to winning. Yes, exactly. That's true. Well, I think you touched on it. Like the, the, keeping the keeping the sport on life support for so long hasn't done us any good. It needs to be killed. Mm. It needs to be put down, and then and then a rebirth, like you're saying. Like, and he, rebirth, yeah, like a and he's, exactly. You got it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like, I'm, like yes, I'm, I'm here for the rebirth. But with well, how do you how do you have the birth though? Is it a sort of like a test tube job, a lab job, or something like that? <laughs> yeah, I think it'll have to be quite technical, uh, quite scientific. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but wouldn't. I don't have the answers to that. Cube-related science. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, uh, yeah. But, I think. Uh, well, who is who is the favourite then? Like, what's 
give me just a, a snapshot yeah, into let's, let's let's talk about the the rest of the cup which i think is really mm. interesting um so you've got ireland uh and south africa together in one pool and they're probably mm-hmm. the strongest teams yep um there, there's there's a chance tonight that scotland have the power to knock out ireland or south africa okay um so in a very you know in a weird, really weird permutation if they beat ireland by more than seven points and score more than four tries um they'll take out south africa but if they allow ireland to score the bonus point and don't finish more than seven then ireland will get knocked out but what will probably happen is ireland will beat them and and, and south africa and ireland will go through Okay, uh, and then France and New Zealand are the other contenders. Yes, and, and New Zealand's still the the powerhouse that they've they've been in the past, or is there a, is there a changing of the guard? Well, we're yet to find out, aren't we? Because I mean, this World Cup, it's um, it's there's still a lot going on besides like mm. besides Australia getting knocked right. out. It was never this was never going to be about us. Let's be honest. No, this is there's there's good rugby being played here, and and I think New Zealand. Um, are still a massive chance. I think that their form sort of waned a little bit on the way in, and I think people have kind of uh-huh. written them off a bit, but I uh, I definitely wouldn't count them out at all. Well, they've just made pretty big statements in the Italy and Uruguay game, so they ran up cricket scores in both of them. I think it was 90, 90 to like 7 or something against Italy and then 70 nil against Uruguay this week. Yep. Um, so they're, put, they're putting together some pretty sharp rugby. Uh, yeah, they're definitely not out of contention. But Ireland and South rugby. Africa have been building towards something, and France put Italy to the sword last night. Um, so those th- four teams are all looking real strong, but they can't all go through because of the structure of the the World Cup. Those four teams are all on the same side of the competition, mm. and they'll they'll start knocking themselves out in the quarters and the semis until only one goes through. Yeah, and you've got England, Argentina. Um, Fiji and Wales potentially on the other side that are going to be there to, um, you know, take on whoever makes it out of that side of, you know, the people that should probably be winning it, I guess. So it is going to get interesting for sure. Today, today's game, this weekend's games are pretty interesting. Yeah. It's, that's Ireland, Scotland, that's pivotal. That's, piv- that's um, pivotal. And so is Japan, Argentina. So Japan could go through. Uh, I don't know what the fuck they would do when they get there, but they could go through. <laughs> They've been pretty average, haven't they? They have been a little bit disappointing. Yeah. They haven't been the dark horses they could have been. Yeah. Um, and then I, Samoa, I guess they could pip England, but I don't think it would do them any good because they don't have a they don't have a horse and they don't have a chance anymore, I don't think. No, no. But and yeah. then Fiji, Portugal, I mean, if the, the impossible happens and Portugal beat Fiji and deny them a bonus point, that could change our table as well. We could be back on. Back on. <laughs> Rebirth. Rebirth happening faster than you could have possibly imagined. <laughs> but yeah, Ireland-Scotland is the game of the round. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'd really love to see Scotland get it done. That would be that would make me a lot very happy. I've just I haven't been... enjoyed Ireland's like faux, uh, like they have faux humility of all the supporters talking about how they're all cursed and oh, they'll never make it through. Yeah. But you can tell they all, all think that they've already won it. So if they got knocked out of the pool, I'd be very happy. Yeah, see, I spoke to an Irish man the other day and he was playing it off like that as well. Uh-huh. Uh, he said, um, yeah, we didn't deserve to beat South Africa. Um, you well, know, they didn't. They didn't, that's true. But, I mean, it is weird that they're, they're kind of acting like that. Yeah, it's disgusting is what it is. Mm. They're all like, oh, I can't get too far ahead of ourselves. You know, we haven't won it yet. Like, no, guys, you barely scraped past South Africa. Your faux humility is way worse than if you were being, like, real arrogant. It's cowardly. Yeah, it is. You can't have it both ways. No, no. That's like that's like the that's like the man who bets against his team in a game just so he can't really lose. Yeah, that's the, the highest form of cowardice. In it, my is, it is cowardice. Yeah, stuff. That, is, that is the high account of cowardice. Yeah, you're like t- terrified of a loss. Yep. And I've proved I'm no coward this uh, World Cup. I've, I've paid dearly for supporting the Wallabies, <laughs> putting my money where my mouth is. Yeah. I've actually managed yep. to not bet on them 
Maybe the first. Yeah, good. I, I, against Fiji, I did. Against Fiji, I did once. Yeah. Oh, that was a mistake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. now they're kind of pushed to the side. I can start to make more. Uh, well, I haven't done so so far, but it's easier to make decisions about the other games, I feel like. We're just not getting any odds until we get into these finals, <sighs> I think. It's it's just... The odds have been terrible. It's It's atrocious. Especially the line, like the line just is always really unflattering to the underdog mm. when you're getting these cricket scores run up against them and they're giving you like 23 or 29. I feel like the cricket... It doesn't make it fun. Yeah, I feel like the cricket score ones have been kind of easy to pick though. I think I've seen like negative 60s and 70s for those teams like New Zealand and France and stuff. And they, Well, the, a crazy one this week that I got on was France negative 28 against Italy. Okay, see, I backed Italy to bounce back from New Zealand. I thought they had a little bit more pride in the jersey and they would have been a bit hurt after last week. But France were clinical last night. Absolutely put them to the sword. Mm, 60 to 7. Yeah. Yeah, France are looking good. They are. It was a very good game for, for France. But Italy have been a really disappointing tier one nation playing like Namibia out there. Are they tier one? Yeah, they, they play Six Nations every year. They're, they're yeah. supposed to be in the hunt. They beat us last season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, what, uh, it doesn't really mean anything anymore. No, that's true. <laughs> um, we're just so yeah, I think we're starting to see a bit of we're, we're starting to see a bit of daylight between those top four and the rest. They're really they're really coming into their stride now. Yeah. Um, Scotland have been a little bit ordinary against the bigger teams, but. There's a chance they could get it done tonight. A sliver of a chance. Yeah, I'm going to be watching that one. Now, Eddie, have you um, have you been following any NBA on your travels? No, we are. My my wife is a diehard um, Bulldogs fan. Yep. So we've been watching the Canterbury Bulldogs. The, um, no, the Georgia, Bulldogs, <laughs> the Georgia Bulldogs. The Georgia Bulldogs play. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, uh, college football. They're on a 22, 22 run streak. They haven't lost at home since 2019. They haven't lost away since 2021. Uh, but tonight could be the night they get done against Kentucky. So they're the anti Wallaby. They're the anti Wallaby. They're the team. Yeah. If you like, if you like a winner. <laughs> that college stuff though. Do they just do they just get their pick? of all the best young players coming through, or is that a grassroots system that they have in that state? No, Georgia gets the pick. Georgia's coach gets paid something like $11 million a year. Fuck, man. Um, Jesus. They don't, to, they, don't, they don't have to pay the players, but all the good players <laughs> want to come and play. They want to run on for a team like Georgia, because from Georgia you go on to play NFL and make the money. And, and I think that's the it's the same with the um, basketball collegiate system, but the difference is you can a lot of players are starting to – Obviously, they don't get paid in college. They start to go to the G League or they come to Australia or go to Europe so they can do their one year. And there's still plenty of scouts out. So a lot of players have come to play in the NBL. They'll do their one year here, get paid, and then go as like a lottery pick in the draft, um, which beats – obviously, there's always the um, the ideal situation of going to one of your main universities like Duke or Kansas or something. But um, I guess it's harder for – NFL or uh, gridiron or football, whatever you would call it, is is that it's really only one country that plays it, right? On that yeah, on that type of level, to go. exactly. So, so yeah. even the best players, even the best the best quarterbacks from the best team, they'll go on to run car dealerships because there's so many colleges and so yeah. few NFL teams. Yeah. Um, but so, can, I, can I ask a question, Deepaz? What was Scotty Pippen doing at the NRL Grand Final? Yeah, so I had to look into that as well. Um, after he's made a complete mockery of himself to an extent um, with his tell-all uh, post-last dance documentary where he just pretty much shat on everything. Oh, um, so okay, t- I didn't know that. Do, do tell yeah, more. He, he had a, he, I think he had a few rants online when he was like, uh, I don't know whether he was drunk or not, but it was pretty much refuting. I don't know if you guys watched The Last Dance, but there was a part of it where uh, Scotty opted not to play or didn't, yeah, he did. He sat, he sat on the bench for one of the games at the end because they didn't drop the play for him. And so he spat the dummy. Uh, well, this is how it was um, wow. told in the story. And then there was another one where he, he elected to get surgery 
at a point it, um, during the off-season that would rule him out for most of the, the next season. Uh, but there's also a lot of background that goes into that. Like, you know, he, he signed a contract, like a really long contract for fuck all money really early on. Um, and then obviously right, during his tenure... Point. During his tenure at the Bulls, they're they're like the, obviously the, one of the best teams of all time. So he didn't really have that value there. Um, so he, he came out pretty much swinging um, at the last dance documentary, and wrote a book. I, I, part of it was like him coming out and just making headlines was to sell his book. Um, right. So you you can I think that's into in the eye of the beholder of how of how they perceive Scotty Pippen these days. But he's uh, he's coming out and working with the NBL to promote. The, this season, I believe. I don't think he's. I don't know if he's scouting, but he's he's working for the NBL. Ultimately, it was a pretty funny uh, interview when they're when they're like, so yeah. it's like I don't know what the fuck's going on. It looks interesting. They're like, who's going to win? Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't fucking know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, he did. He did. He got to see two great games. Granted, two two of our teams lost in those games, yeah. but like, he got to he see a fellow statesman and. Well, yeah, um, he got to see Mason Cox lift the the world champion flag um, for Collingwood. So I'm sure he would have been. I don't know if he would have had anything to do with Mason, um, but he. I don't think he had any idea what was going on, especially when he was getting interviewed by like Cam Cam Smith. Um, if it was Thursday. It was just such a just like a real meeting of like like sporting greats of just <laughs> totally other ends of the spectrum. Uh, it was kind of, it was kind of surreal, yeah. Um, what, uh, so what did he what has he been saying that's been so controversial? Oh, uh, this was this was going on like a year or two ago now. Like I I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was he was pretty much just. Well, see, this is this is well, yeah. Well, that's how it was. That's how it was. Um. That's how it was – because Michael Jordan pretty much had – the last dance was all him. Like He got to have control of the narrative and everything. That's why, obviously, it makes him look great. It's a great documentary. But there are sections where it does – I can see if I was Scottie Pippen, I'd be like, well, fuck, I just got my, nag, my, my name dragged through the dirt on this. And maybe rightly so. Um, but Scottie pretty much came out firing. But I feel like that was in conjunction with him releasing a book. So – it's just like hate clicks, right? It's, it was promotion yeah. for his book. It was, it was he was getting headlines because he was saying so he's, outrageous he's, he's takes. He's actually a good bloke. He's actually a good bloke, mm-hmm. but he's just selling out, pretending to be a dick to to sell a book, which kind of makes yeah. him a bad bloke at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. There's layers, Eddie. There's so many layers to Scotty Pippen. Maybe two at max, but there's, it's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Plural. You know, you want to know something funny though? Um, yeah. So Scotty Pippen Jr is Scottie Pippen's son, and he got drafted by the Lakers. Yeah, of course. Um, He got drafted by the Lakers last year. He didn't play in the team. He got sent to the G League straight away. But he was following the team around because he was on the squad, like Scottie Pippen Jr. And uh, Malik Beasley was on the Lakers last year. And uh, a couple of months before they were both playing on the Lakers, Malik Beasley was actually dating um, Scottie Pippen Jr.'s mom. So there was this whole thing going on where Scottie Pippen – Junior was in the in the uh, the locker room with a, a fellow teammate who was banging his mum. Now so that's got a all these like side these side plots going on like like so many house, so many of orange <laughs> running concurrently with the sport. That's what uh, that's what rugby Australia needs. We need to have some like yeah. some drama like yeah. Cooper's sleeping with. Uh, yeah, like Jones as well, or whatever. Well, I feel like yeah, the drama that comes. That's, the, that's the one. That's the. One. <laughs> yeah. So if it, yeah, exactly. I think the half the issue is that the drama that comes with like the NRL or anything, it's usually pretty taboo stuff that uh, gets players banned. <laughs> versus yeah, um. NRL is. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, having sex with a dog or dealing, with- <laughs> pissing in your mouth, uh, doing yeah. all Cow- of those coward- things, coward punching stuff like that. Coward punching, coward punching. you know, it's yeah, it's uh, but still, it's it, it ranks premier in Queen in Australia. And then you possibly cross to the rugby union, and it's like, oh, mental health issues. He's having a really tough tough time, and he's really sad, so he's taking some time off. So yeah, it's two spectrums. One's very boring, and the other one's a little bit too spicy. Yes, there's no there's an overcorrection on both sides there. There needs to be some kind of middle ground. <laughs> now with this yeah, with this um with this start of the NBA season, there's been a massive trade. Um, yeah. Now 
let me see if I get this right. So it's the Celtics and Bucks, two top contenders. Um, yep. And also the Portland Trail Blazers are involved in this now. Bucks player yep. and, the, and the Phoenix Suns actually. So oh, well, it, okay. it, it, it was yeah, it was two two phases of this trade. So you had the initial trade. So Damian Lillard, who's been playing at the Portland Trail Blazers um, his whole career, face of the franchise, uh, requested a trade. Uh, it was like ages ago now, the end of the last season, uh, and he wanted to specifically go to the Miami Heat. Um, the the Portland Trailblazers. Southeast Queensland weather down there. Oh, great. In Miami. He, like, they are oh, perfect. And coincided with uh, he's actually just divorced his wife as well, so he, he wants to obviously go and enjoy that South Beach life. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, because is this, is, this, is this extra ancillary storylines? Are they made widely available during the game or do you guys <laughs> research? No, 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 no. Well, the, well you see, I know, I know if I've, I've got a few. Yeah, they I've got a few Craig McCalls and Matt Johnsons under my belt who give me all of the extracurricular goss, um, like uh, who's dating who, who's divorced, uh, and so on. All right, so Damian Lillard. I will keep <laughs> guilty with the peaking. Um, da- Damian Lillard got traded to the Milwaukee Bucks, which is huge because the Milwaukee Bucks have arguably the greatest player currently in the in the world slash NBA, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, aka the Greek Freak. In that trade, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks sent out Drew Holiday, who. Uh, has been their starting point guard for quite a few years and was their starting point guard on their championship roster a couple of years ago. So in that, Damian Lillard is the main one to take away, went to the Bucs, uh, Drew went to Portland, but Portland are about to do a full rebuild. So there was no reason for Drew Holiday to stay there. So uh, the Celtics traded for Drew Holiday, which is a huge trade because – uh, the Celtics are already one of the top two, three teams in the Eastern Conference, and they've just pretty much the two top teams in the East have just solidified themselves again as being the two top teams in the East. So Jeru has gone to Portland, and then he's before he's even set foot in that city, potentially has now yes gone to the within Celtics. days. So, but this is yeah. I was reading this and I was thinking to myself, and this is why I've I've always found it so hard to follow a team in the NBA is because they players just get shipped around so often. They you do. Like almost follow players, and the next thing they're gone to another team. So well, almost, don't fo- yeah, you either you either follow players or you follow the team. And yeah. I find it easier just to follow a team because if you do follow a player, you'll uh, <laughs> it's yeah, going to be quite the journey. I just, I just I just have found it hard to follow teams over the years because you have I have no like links to any of those cities or anything. But you know, mm-hmm. you you've both seen Moneyball, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Moneyball. It's a great movie. But you great know how movie. Brad Pitt and the managers are always on the phone to each other, and they're like, yeah. and he's like, and he's like, oh, making deals. Yeah, and he's like, John, I've got Gomez for you. You know, you got to take Gomez. And then John will be like, oh, well, I've got like, you know, Spicoli over here, and so. And then he's like, oh man, go on, you got to get me, you got to get me Moringas, man. You got to get me Moringas, come on. And then he's like, hang on, John, one minute. And then he hangs up the phone. And he goes, Yo, Carl, yeah, yeah, I got Gomez, I got Gomez. You know what I mean? And then, and then they're just like calling around doing that. Is that just like um? There's just a. I feel like that kind of ruins the game, the game a bit. That there's just these. And how much, how much value could it possibly add? Like, why did has any team just been like, you know what, we should try to stick with our team generally and try to get them all playing well together rather than buying and selling players multiple times a season? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that does that does happen. So you've got like. For, we'll take, we'll, okay, this case in point, um, the team that won the championship uh, last year was the Denver Nuggets. They are a smaller market team. So compared to the, the Los Angeles Lakers, like the Lakers don't do a rebuild. As soon as we, uh, one of the great players retires, like either like Magic or Kobe or Shaq leaves, usually we, there was about six or seven year gap there where we were just in turmoil um, before LeBron came. We don't usually have to do a rebuild. When I say we, I mean the Lakers, because it's a it's a major market and it's it's like a legacy team. People want to go there and want to play there. They're going to get good coverage when you're in Hollywood. There's a lot of other opportunities there. For for, for Denver um, and a lot of other teams, even like Milwaukee, uh, 
uh, smaller market teams, which usually traditionally meant there's less opportunity to make more Got money, it. which has changed a bit now, though, because of like social media, like everyone, there's a lot, much larger platform now for players to have. They're not reliant necessarily on televised games. They can build their own brand aside from that. But Denver, uh, who just won the championship, their team is pretty much bar a couple of trades throughout the last few years. Like their core two players have been playing together for since like 2015, 16 or so. Um, yeah. Like they, uh, the, and, and same with Milwaukee, uh, uh, like uh, Giannis was drafted to the Bucks, just like Nikola Jokic was drafted to Denver. Um, these small market teams that are, are doing really well at the moment do usually uh, stick with their team, stay with the Golden State Warriors through their, their dynasty run. Like they, like Clay, uh, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Harrison Barnes to begin with, these guys all got drafted together and uh, sort of grew up together in the in yeah. the league, which is beneficial. There are teams like that, like the Celtics were kind of like that, but they've had a huge, with this Drew Holiday trade, they've gotten Drew Holiday and they, they traded for Chris Dapps-Bazingas a few months ago. But in that process, they've like added some of their oldest players, like Marcus Smart, Rob Williams, Grant Williams, these are all like OG Celtics players who have been there for a while. So they've kind of gone the route where it's like, all right, we've been making the we've been making the finals and like near the, near the 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 winning everything, but we just haven't gotten over the line with this team that we've brought up together. So yes. it's time to sort of swing for the fences before you because you don't want your your star player to like say Giannis in Milwaukee. He's starting to get frustrated because he's been there for multiple years. They have won the championship once, but if you're if you're if you're a GM and you're not bringing in the talent to support that player. He'll just, and this comes into the problem that we're saying before. He will just request for a trade and leave, which, what you guys or are someone, saying, kind of makes it. Someone will come and offer him more money, won't they? Depending oh, on contracts, it's, uh, on his contract. Um, the phones and never stop like, ringing. I feel like those. No, it's it's nonstop because at the end of the day, it's also a business. So these players, and that's why I think it's interesting in Moneyball is that Brad Pitt doesn't actually meet the players or watch the games because, like, he doesn't want to really, he doesn't want to humanize them to an extent because they're just kind of numbers. Right. Does everyone do that though? Now, nowadays, does everyone just work out the stats and see who's undervalued, who's overvalued? Yeah, I, I, analytics is like it's been coming in like it's massive in the league now. Like there's like uh, Daryl Morey, who who was the GM in Houston years ago. He kind of was one of the early adopters of it. It's definitely taken over now. It's a huge metric um, where. Uh, teams are generally, especially if you're a smaller market team, media market team, you're not going to attract big players, which is the same as what the so the Oakland Athletics and Moneyball. So that it's just how do you how do you how do you build a squad out with like if you don't have top tier talent, uh, how do you create an even team ultimately where there's not usually a superstar? And this is the thing with the NBA right now is that it's very top heavy. You've got you've got your teams that are all in the run generally in the Western Conference, like. You got 15 teams in each conference, and I'd say like 11 or 12 of the teams in the Western Conference are like arguably going to make the playoffs, and will be really good. And they've all got top tier talent. And then you've got the uh, the teams that aren't winning that usually they have the higher draft picks, so they've got really good talent, but they're not going to be ready for another five years. I feel like it's so common that there'll be one or two teams at the top of the market that'll have these superstar lineups that won't be the teams there. Or won't be the, at the end, or won't be the team winning it at the end. Is that is that true, or is that just kind of recency bias? Sometimes, well, yeah, no, that, that that is true. Like, um, it doesn't like let's say the Brooklyn Nets the last few years they had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. Like that is crazy. Those were like three of the top players in the league. Um, granted, they were injured most of the time they played together. I think they only played like. 15 games together um, in the f- multiple they seasons they had. Be, they all must also be getting on, right? I don't think so. In age? 20. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah, I thought you yeah, yeah. all been playing for more than a decade. I thought you meant like with, oh, the, yeah. with, with they, each other. They, <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah. Well, well yes. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not because that team pretty much imploded. Um, yeah. But they are getting on. But they're, they're still like James Harden is, I'd say he's a bit more over the hill. Uh, Kevin Durant is still great, but he's... He's what he is now. And Kyrie Irving, he's obviously got a lot of other shit going on, but he's still technically in his prime. So these players are still is good. Still still, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. I don't think that's going to change. Um, but like that team just completely capitulated and just was like literally did nothing. Um, so they it had happens ben, a lot of the so time. They had Ben Simmons as well. 
So, no, Ben Simmons, so James Harden requested a trade because um, he was sick of the flat earth theories from Kyrie and got sent to uh, – and Ben refused to play in Philadelphia after his fucking colossal meltdown, yeah, um, is which is ben still – well. Well, he's had, a, uh, he's had I, a meltdown of epic proportions, which was years ago now, Eddie. So, like, this was like the 2021 playoffs, I think. Um, because the thing with Ben is that he, number one draft pick, he had all the hype in the world. Was uh, people say it's like akin to LeBron. Um, he came in, he was huge, he's like 6'10, but he's pretty much a point guard, so he, he can pass the ball really well. He can. You can get physical, but you just can't. You just couldn't shoot the ball. So people sort of gave him the. All right, he's a rookie, or he's in his first couple of years. He'll learn to get better, and he kind of just never. He never progressed that part of his game, and teams. When it, when when you took make it to the playoffs, you're playing a team's best a team best out of seven. So they can really. Like just think about the Wallabies playing the same team's best of seven series. No, Each I coach has got. Bad example. Yeah, that sounds like um, yeah. I, I don't think I could write a eulogy fitting for that type of disaster. <laughs> but he's a, he he's such a little cuck though. He he's refused to play for Australia pretty much since 2013 well, or now, something. Um, and then he's gone. He's he had that freak out where he like had an open layup Eddie in the playoffs for Philadelphia. So that's where it all started. He passed the ball. The he had he had a six foot Trey Young guarding him. While he was rolling to the basket, he could have just dunked it, but he passed it to Matisse Tybel, who is one Australian who actually does come and represent Australia for the Boomers and plays quite well. And yeah, so I mean, I'm happy to pivot. I'm happy to pivot to the Boomers here because we we the World Cup happened a few weeks ago, um, and it was really interesting because we've got. Obviously, the last Olympics, we won our first ever medal. Can I ask you a question about uh, how the Hawks going to go this year? That's my team. The you follow, oh, of course, the, the, Wollong, the Wollongong Hawks. Yeah. The Wollongong Hawks. The Illawarra Hawks. So I've got, I, I did up a little top eight teams uh, in the East and West. And because the East is usually the shitter conference and it's really top heavy this year, I threw Atlanta a mercy and said they'd get in, they'd finish seventh in the East. They should probably finished to make the playoffs, but at the same time, their, their team is built around a six-foot guard who is, like, he's he can't defend and he's he's just an offensive player. Like, all he does he is shoot. He can, he can score really well, but he's, named he's after, great at scoring, but you you live and die by that, though. As well. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. He's really good three-pointer. Exactly. Is, it's great, but you can't... Gone to the Hawks? No. Is that right? <laughs> Where has where has Paddy Mills gone? Actually, I thought, I thought I might have read the other day that he's ended up at the Hawks, and I was wondering how he's going to fit in there. I'll have a look. He was involved. Yeah, I can't bring my phone close to me because apparently the levels are too high. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, with with the with the Boomers, obviously, we getting that first medal at the Olympics uh, in Tokyo, kind of put us on this trajectory where it was really promising. We've got a lot of young, promising players. But we've still got a bit of the old guard there. So we've got your Paddy Mills uh, and your Joe Ingalls. And I, I want to kind of zero in on, on Joe Ingalls because I think he was a key reason of why we didn't progress further in the Olympics. We've got a bunch of younger talent that could ultimately replace him um, in a lot of areas. And I think Joey still has enough potential. Like, I think Joe Ingalls is still could be a key player on a team, like a winning team. But he was just shit. Like, he looked washed up. He was like super passive uh, and just was de- was detrimental. He wasn't hitting his shots. And if he's not hitting his shots and he's being passive in playmaking, he's old now too. He's going to be like mid 30s or late 30s. Uh, yeah. Like he's Paddy, not as Paddy quick. Paddy Mills is, is at the Hawks now. Yeah, Paddy Mills is in Atlanta? Okay. Yeah. And he's 35 too. But Paddy's still, Paddy, Paddy's better than Joey at this point. Um, like I, I would say Paddy would be one of the older guys that has to stay with the Boomers. Because you've got Josh Giddy now. Have you heard of Josh Giddy, Eddie? No. So Josh Giddy is like, he just finished his rookie season in Oklahoma City. He's like a top six draft pick. He's just this um, oh, really? like six, six foot nine, six foot ten white dude from Melbourne. Very white who, dude from Melbourne. Very white dude. He, he, they say he's like the six foot ten. Um, who's the actor from June? 
Uh, the Timothy Chameleon. Yeah, Timothy Chameleon. Yeah, he's, yeah. Got, he's got above shoulder length, um, like dark hair. He, he's the yeah, he's the six foot ten Chameleon, ultimately. Um, or unstoppable. Uh, uh, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Beautifully terrifying. <laughs> Um, it is impressive, he, though. It is impressive how well he plays and how well he goes in the NBA. Considering he is, how he looks. for someone who doesn't who doesn't have like a, a solid jump shot right now. He is so good. Like he was one of our leading scorers. He he can get a triple double. He was getting triple doubles in his rookie year in the NBA. He could do that for the Boomers. Like he is the future, and it's so good that he's come in because that the future used to be reserved for uh, old mate Ben Simmons, but. I, I have never been prouder to be an Australian when I would just, especially when I was living in Melbourne, there was like murals of Ben Simmons everywhere because he's from there. Everyone loved Ben Simmons. But ever since the Atlanta debacle and everything that's followed since then, him refusing to play for the Boomers, everyone has can just you, can, turned on Can you tell me him. about that? Why did he refuse to play for the Australian National oh. So, okay, it, it's, it's big. So he's ultimately, he's just, he's been puffed up his whole life because his dad was, I think his dad played in the NBL. That's why they came here. He's just been he's he's like one of those people who's had natural you guys are being puffed up because your dad played NBL though. Yeah. Well yeah we cancel box or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A franchise doesn't even exist anymore, I don't think. Oh god. Um he he's just like one of those dudes who's like he was he was huge, so he had already had just the physical tools to be a great player. So everything kind of came easy to him, and he was like obviously uh, very athletic. So he he, he was high, highly skilled and highly touted from high school to college. Um, but there were red. There's a draft report that's come out because he was the number one draft pick when he got picked in the NBA, and it was like by landslide. There's a, a scouting report that they usually share years later, just to give some insight on how close the scouts were on on who they thought this player would be. And the main thing in his scouting report is that he. Um, he ultimately doesn't push himself and he's been bubbered by like his inner circle. There's no one that tells him no. And, and, and he is, and that has, he has bubbered himself. Like he, he, he went on a podcast. So he didn't play for a year. Then demanded to get traded, got traded to Brooklyn with like a quarter of the season to go and then didn't play because apparently he had a back injury. And then during that off season, went on an interview with JJ Reddick and it was like this bullshit puff piece where you could tell it was very like PR curated. They could only ask him specific questions and he was just saying how, like, yeah, I'm back on Brody. I'm, gonna, I'm about to smash it. And, like, people just don't realize that, like, I literally have to defend the best player on every team. So, like, you know, they don't give me any of that credit. But I'm, like, I'm ready to roll, man. I'm good to go. And then proceeded to spend all last year. Like, there's, like, a – I can send you, like, a 10-minute a clip of Ben Simmons' footage from this most recent season. Like, the dude – I'm getting images of, like – like, I think Eddie playing for the Pitters in 2010 had more versatility than Ben Simmons right. currently playing for the Nets. <laughs> he did have versatility, though. Yeah, yeah, you did, man. The guy was. It's a, a, a bad. It's a poor comparison. He, 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 he's gone. He's gone. He's gone backwards. Like he just he he doesn't attempt to score anymore. He can't hit a layup. Like he's just predictable. People he's just will bit, sag. So he, they'll sag off him. Like they just let him drive into the paint, and he'll drive in. Missed the layup and then just get down himself and the play's over and he then he'll also, just be out of the game. He avoided playing for Australia in this World Cup, saying he had a back injury. Um, okay, I think okay. He's, so, that, so he, he would have played, but he was injured. Is that his? No, so been, no, that's been the same story for like five, six years now. Yeah, he, before, he could have been was, eligible for the 2016 Olympics. It was focusing. He, he was on eligible the, for the 2020. That Olympics, yeah, he, was, he was focusing on the NBA preseason training yeah, and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And like now that. he's got a back injury playing basketball, but which the thing is that. Half, half, most of the Australian team is made up of NBA players now, and they yeah. all make the time. Like Paddy Mills has made the time. I don't think you use your back in basketball, so I, I feel like getting an injury. <laughs> well, I think Ben Simmons is spineless to begin with. So. <laughs> exactly. that's, a, that's, a, that's a problem. That's it. That's what a shame. Yeah. I hate to punch down on him, but like it's this is this is literally going to be the third Olympics within his professional career. Uh, that, that that he could be a part of, and I don't even know if he's going to make the team or if we even want him. Like we've got the next, we've got the next generation of players ready to go who are hungry. And I have to slip this in because we've got a mutual friend, Scott Fail, who has been following this one basketball player's career, tumultuous may it be, but he's finally he, it's a bit of a redemption arc. And this guy's name is Dante Exum. He was drafted by the Utah Jazz in two thousand and like fourteen. I think this is not an Australian guy. Yeah. He's Australian. 
Yeah, yeah. Dante Exum's Australian. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Australian. He got drafted to the Utah Jazz, like a lottery pick, so a good player. Pretty much shut the bed. For the, he was injured a lot of it. I'll, I'll give him that. But then he shut the bed when he, he just he, he didn't develop fast enough, so he got dropped. Went and played in Turkey, I think, or Greece or somewhere, somewhere in Europe, and has built his way back up. And he played for Australia in the World Cup and the Olympics, and he's he's really earned his spot. Like I would prefer Dante Exum isn't as skilled physically as Ben Simmons, but the the mindset, the determination of of a less physically talented person like Dante Exum, I would take over uh, a bubber of Ben Simmons' abilities uh, every day. Yeah. So how far can we go? Can we beat teams like Germany, like Serbia? So we, we only just lost to Germany in the World Cup, like in the pool rank. Like that was one of the pool games that we lost. We were in the same pool. Uh, the thing with Germany is that they are a well-oiled machine. Like they've, they've, they play together in the off-season. Like they're very much so a unit and they've been together for a while. Headed up by Dennis Schroeder, who was on the Lakers last year, but it's—I would say. Australia's in the conversation. Well, absolutely in the conversation. I don't think we're anywhere near as as the team we had at the last Olympics. I think we might be. We might be uh, the next. This next Olympics, we're going to have a younger team that actually have higher prospects than our. Our 2020 team was a culmination of the of the older guard. We had, I think, we had Delhi on the team then. This is going to. We've got a bunch of like this team that we have going into the Olympics, or everyone's in the NBA pretty much. And the people who aren't in the NBA weren't are filling the bench. So the question, the issue though with the Olympics is that's when America actually give a fuck and they're going to be bringing back in because their, their Olympic team, sorry, their uh, World Cup team was more younger talent, but their Olympic team, they're going to be bringing, like LeBron wants to play, Steph Curry wants to play, KD wants to play, Devin Booker wants to play. Like it's going to be, no one's really going to beat them. Uh, so the best we can hope for is like another bronze, um, maybe a silver, but it's going to be hard to be nice. beat. It's going to be hard to beat teams like Germany um, to, to to go there. And Spain are always really good. Actually, yeah. news that came in recently: the uh, MVP of the NBA last year, Joel Embiid, plays for the Sixers. He could have uh, he could have either played for France or America, and he's just said that he will play for America, and he's a centre, and that's oh. the one position that we are fucked in. So, uh, yeah, he I just well, I don't see us nice beating... Came here. It, well, <laughs> I don't know if he was eligible to be Australian, but... Sounds I mean, like, I he, sounds like he could have played for whoever he wanted to. Oh, mate, we just need a big... We need to get a big man out there, and we just don't really have... We've got Jock Landale, and that's... I mean, this guy is Australian as shit. Hey, another question... We just, uh... Sorry, no, no, sorry, sorry, me first. Jo- Joel, the, the way Americans jo- say Joel now, they all say it Joel, or is that like an African American thing? Yeah, no, I think they say Joel, but his name's just Joel. I, I don't know the origin of it because I think he's like from Cameroon originally, uh, and then I don't, I don't know where the French part that part of it comes from, but well, yeah, who knows, but. Now, just before we finish, can you just quickly, because you're a Lakers fan, just give us a quick, um, yeah, like a wrap on the Lakers this year with wrap. new additions and okay. stuff. And then, so and then can you just the, give us your picks for who? who yeah, okay. And when's, it, when's, this, when's this tipping off? When's this all the 24th of October. Okay. So, so not, not far off now. Um, so the Lakers, uh, uh, we had a tumultuous two years, a year and a half after we won the chip in 2020. Um we traded for a shitty player called Russell Westbrook. Not shitty. He's a good player, but he just didn't fit our roster. And we sucked for about a year and a half. And then halfway through last season, we did a bunch of trades that made us way better. And we went from like the 12th seed to uh, making the Western Conference Finals. But we did get swept by the eventual champs. So we've kept that core intact. So we got like D'Angelo Russell at point guard, Austin Reeves and Gabe Vincent at shooting guard, LeBron James at small forward who's healthy. We've got Rui Hachimura, a.k.a. the Black Samurai, and we've got Anthony Davis at the center. I think we're going to be – like, obviously, there's going to be bias. They're my team. I think we the depth that we've added behind our core team from last year is, like, really good. We've added players in areas that we're going to need against players like Jokic, who dominated us in the playoffs. Uh, I, I think the Lakers are going to make the conference finals in the West again. and Obviously, I want them to win it all, but I think they're going to be – I think they're just going to be more consistent throughout the season instead of just 
shitting the bed first half of the season and making a run in the second half. Because LeBron's now going to be the oldest player in the league this season, <clears throat> in his how, 21st how season. He? I think wow. he turns 39 this year. Right. Um, but he's still playing. He, he, yeah, people think he's like a robot or a cyborg or something because yeah, he's just – it's pretty crazy that he's doing what he's, he's doing still. Um, the so craziest thing think, about LeBron is that he's a, he's a black guy that was scared to go bald, I think. <laughs> I, I, I think he's slowly. It's funny. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a serious receder. Um, Just shave but, it, bro. You're black. <laughs> I know. I feel like he has. What he started to grow a longer beard to, in which is the classic bald guy 101 move, right? Yeah. You gr- when your hair goes, you grow the beard. Look at Tupac, man. He's fucking bald. I mean, Tupac was fucking what, 27, dude. <laughs> he was pretty young. <laughs> bald his whole life. <laughs> That didn't stop. That didn't stop. That did not stop him. Lakers paying fourteen dollars to take out the championship. Right. Yep. Is that good value today? I think that's great value. I think that's absolutely great value. I think the thing that the things with these odds they change like daily, and I think what I mentioned at the top earlier is that the Bucks and Celtics trade has because it's new and it's it's pretty big pieces of move for both sides. They are like the Bucks and the Celtics are two. Four, they're both paying four fifty to win. Yeah, there you go. And that's I'm, a part of that is recency bias because they've both and they have actually both gotten a lot better. Um, but so have the Lakers. So we we just haven't had to move some of our best players because we've got a good core in place with LeBron and AD, and we filled out the rest of the roster where these other two teams like the Celtics and the Bucks have changed. They have gotten their their their, their second and third best player have changed. So. Um, nuggets stayed the same. I, I haven't even. I didn't even want to touch on the Nuggets because the Nuggets have literally stayed the same, and I would be fucking terrified of them if I was in the NBA. Yeah, I so think they're just such they're, a they're solid they're team. Third to win, they're, they're third to win at seven bucks. Yeah, no respect. Which is crazy. I, I, just, I think that's just so. Like, I, my rule is that you have to, for the team that won it the year prior, especially the way the Nuggets did, you just have to give them. And they haven't changed their team, which is a big thing. Usually, what happens, a championship team will win. And uh, players will pretty much get offered a shit ton of money somewhere else and they'll take it because they're, they're champions. Um, but the Nuggets have pretty much kept, they've kept their whole team intact, I'm pretty sure. So especially their main, their so main three to, one, to four so guys. Seven to one for them to, to go through is, is good value too. Mm-hmm. I like that. Absolutely. And, and, and Ruffy, and, and Ruffy, 151 to one. What do, you, what do we think about that? What do we think about the Hawks? To, to take it all. <laughs> to win it all. To win it all. To win it all. I mean, Put a five I don't think I can talk you out of it. So I think <laughs> go with it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on. I'm gonna jump on a team here. Um, I'm just gonna get back on. I'm gonna follow, I'm gonna follow this season. So I'm gonna need to pick a team. And it's I'll a, give you a team. I've got teams on the cusp, man. That that, that would be fun to jump on now. But who, oh, who are you going to oh, say? Well, it's 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 already said and done for me. The New Orleans Pelicans. I just can't go past a mm. name like that and a city well, like that a big... as well. <laughs> the Pelicans. A, a, a city that's a, a, Pelicans. A city that's notorious for not having a good NBA franchise because no yeah, one gives yeah. a 46, shit. Forty-six to one, they take it all. Exactly. The, the, the Pellies. Yeah. The Pellies. Yeah. Bucks. I mean, th- I think a lot of that's based on they've got Zion Williamson who was meant to be like this the the next coming of Jesus but he's barely stepped foot on the court and he's had all this controversy over the last six months uh he was banging a, a porn star and she aired his dirty laundry who? on Twitter who? Zion Williamson no 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 who was the porn star damn it oh hold on let me <laughs> let me bring it up Come on, man. It's so funny. The last Google search was Google, like Google searching Scottie Pippen Jr.'s mum. Like, more controversy. <laughs> Some porn star. Um, hold on, I'll bring it up. Uh, yeah, pregnancy drama. She went off because he's, like, married, I'm pretty sure, uh, or has a girlfriend. Porn star Mariah Mills. Uh, okay. She was going off. How do you spell posting that? Posting some pretty gnarly... Uh, <laughs> I'll send it to you in a private text <laughs> on, a, on a private line. <laughs> uh, right. So he knocked her up. You're saying? No, I don't know if he knocked her up. It's she's just I don't know. It's uh, just controversy. I, I you should you should just look into it. In in wedlock. There's a, there's a lot in wedlock. I believe yeah. there there may have been some wedlock. 
or some breaking <laughs> off said lock. Um, yes, okay, but spicy. I will to, to wrap it up though. I'll give you. I think your top teams. I've got of the East and the West. You got I think Bucks are number one in the East. Denver number one in the West. And then, as much as it pains me to say, as as a Lakers fan, I think the Celtics are the, the, the either the first or second best team in the East. Uh, followed by the Heat. And this is where I threw in my roughie, which is Cleveland. Uh, I love Cleveland. I think they've got a lot of good young talent there. They've got Spider Mitchell, Darius Garland, and uh, they've got a young guy, uh, Mobley, who it could be the second coming of KG, uh, which is massive. And then um, I've got a question mark around Philly because James Harden's, uh, he might be playing in China before we know it. Right. And then Ad- Atlanta uh, come there, Eddie. So... <laughs> And that was a bit. That was a bit oh, of a courtesy, okay. courtesy <laughs> throw in. Yeah. No, um, that's a good. That's a good bet. Dark horse, Atlanta. But that's only because the East really drops off after the top three. Really drops off. Uh, whereas in the West, I've got Denver one, Lakers second, Suns third. Suns also made a huge trade. They've got uh, Bradley Beal, who went from Washington's playing in Phoenix now, so he's going to be paired up with Devin Booker. Uh, the Suns have also lost DeAndre Ayton, who's gone to uh, the Portland Trailblazers, which is pretty big trade then you've got golden state you can never count them out they've got chris paul now so chris paul clay thompson draymond green and steph curry that's a really really solid starting lineup and then you've got young gun sacramento uh light the beam Uh, i think they're going to do really well again this year as much as it also pains me to say the los angeles clippers sacramento Sacramento kings well sack made the playoffs for the first time in like since 2004 notorious, or five, I think. Notorious losers. Like this, yeah, notorious losers. Like more, actually, no, I'd say the Clippers are notorious losers. Ah, yes. Sacramento have actually made some, like, some movement at some point. The, the Clippers, I mean, I think they just need to move out of Los Angeles because that's, that's Laker Town. They should go to San Diego uh, and just do what they want to do there. But Steve Ballmer, so the guy who owns the Clippers, is, he's the dude from Microsoft. He bought... The old, the old Lakers Center, the Forum in Inglewood, and that's opening next year. And the trajectory that the Clippers are going on is that they're actually going to probably be worse. So he's going to be pulling out all of his money and all the stops to sign as many people as possible to get butts in the seats. Yeah. Um, but in the ghetto. yeah, I just don't, I don't, I just don't in the ghetto. I just don't see how that's going to work. And then you've got your Memphis like Grizzlies, it. where D, D, D Rose is in Memphis now. Um, which is a throwback. And then, I mean, there's all that gun controversy, obviously, with Ja Morant. Uh, hopefully he comes back a bit more mature. Uh, and then, honestly, the eighth seed, I, it could go between anyone, but I'm just going to throw in Dallas because of Luka Doncic. I, I love him. He's a great player, but I, I just don't think a team can necessarily win under that type of gameplay where he literally does it. He's, he's Actually, this is tied to you, Eddie. So Trey Young and Luka Doncic were in the same draft year, and... Uh, the Hawks traded backwards to get Trey Young. So either way, the Hawks could have had Luka Doncic, who's proven to be a better player, I'd say. Um, but they opted for Trey Young. So you live and you die by by the draft, my friend. And I see you've chosen <laughs> yeah. death. No, we'll see. We'll see. I think it's just a yeah. I'm going to get behind the Nuggets and then the, the, the Hawks. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm that get is two extremes. Yeah. I'm on the Pelicans and the Nuggets. You need so, a dark horse. You need a dark yeah, horse. Yeah. You do. You do. You do. So who do you think Deep has if you, if you had to pick one to win? To win? I Out of respect, I'm going to say Denver. Um because they're the, the watching them play last year, and especially watching them versus my team, like they are just they're a team that have built to the draft. That call like Nikola Jokic is he's won two MVPs in a row. The dude literally treats the NBA like work. Like he didn't even want to stay for the parade. He wanted to go back to Serbia or wherever he came cool. from to ride his. He rides on horses in his backyard. Yeah, this dude. There's a video of him today coming back into the arena to practice, and it literally looks like me going to work on a Monday. Like not good. Like, it's like the difference is though he's a multi multi millionaire and he's the best player in the league. But he is like no nonsense, uh, and the whole team has pretty much adopted his mentality, and that's why I just I. I don't think you can go past Denver. I think the Bucks, though, just because Giannis Antetokounmpo is one of the greatest physical athletes in the world, uh, and now that he's paired with Damian Lillard, who's one of the best shooters and offensive players of the game, I 
it's I, I'm still going to go with Denver just because they won it last. Yeah. I um, like it. I like it. Seven to yeah. one. Yeah. Now it's it yeah. crazy. People people always sleep on Denver. It's yeah. Ace, Ace Oberg actually made a nice bit of money last year because uh, he backed them when no one backed them and they won. So I'd say I'd yeah, say nice. follow the Ace train. Now, gentlemen, yeah. uh, we're gonna have to wrap this up. This has been a lot of fun, but I've got a. My dog's screaming and scratching at the door because I think I need to feed him. Yeah. Usually, usually uh, how it goes. Well, <laughs> it, was good, it was good to talk to you both. I do realise what's happened, that I, it's been some sort of coup and uh, I've been replaced for the NBA section. <laughs> <laughs> you got three episodes, Eddie. <laughs> it's been good while well, we wanted to, Yeah, we wanted to let you down. Easy, you know. <laughs> just, I appreciate that. Just wean you, wean you yeah, out. I <laughs> I realised what was going on about halfway through. <laughs> but I've learned. Well, you know what? I've learned a lot. Well, apologies for the peaking. It's, it is an honour and a privilege to replace you, Eddie. Um, well, just so you know, if Portugal does manage to, to pit Fiji, I will be available next week. So feel free uh, to. Yeah, no, we'll be back. We'll be back for you sure. Be back. Right, this is, I'll this, add that to the footnotes of the eulogy. This, the, show, the show is not over. <laughs> All right, guys. Just kill them already. All right. All right, let's go, Nuggets. See you, guys. Let's go, Nuggets. And Portugal. Bye.